You are listening to the Feedback Podcast with my homie Back. What up, what up? It's your boy Back. This is the Feedback Podcast, and I'm getting back into doing these intros. Like, this is, I used to do them when I first started podcasting like seven years ago. So just trying to get back to the hang of things, giving y'all a heads up about what you're about to listen to, because the conversation goes all over the place, which is dope. So on this episode, we welcome back Kimberly Scott. She's the mindset coach, international speaker, all around badass. Love to having her. Love having her on the show. And first timer, we get we have Hannah Margolis, who's a record label representative, and she's worked with Snowder Products and Wiz Khalifa. So yes, we have to talk about hip hop. It was hip hop's birthday last week, so of course I talk about that. And the WAP video, of course, uh, Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion. Then we get into the sexualization of female artists. Uh, we talk about cyberbullying. We talk about social media, of course, and how it, you know, it's, it's hard to keep up with and overwhelming and cyberbullying, all that good stuff or bad stuff, however you want to see it. Anyway, of course, we also get into politics and talk about Kamala uh, Harris and her nomination as the VP to Joe Biden's ticket. So all around dope show. Really enjoyed the conversation. Hope you enjoyed too. So welcome to episode number 172. Let's go. Welcome to the Feedback Podcast, everybody. My name is Back. Uh, I got OB in the house. How you doing, man? What's up, guys? And it's the return of our champion. We got Kimberly K. Scott in the house. How you doing? Good. Thanks for having me back. Thank you for being here. I appreciate it. And introducing, introducing, <laughs> brah, brah, brah. No, <laughs> we got Hannah Margolis in the house. How you doing, girl? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Live from LA, uh, record label, represent, rep, right? Yeah. 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 Thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Uh, of course. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. yeah. Is- Hannah's one of my really good friends from LA. Does a lot of good shit. Uh, we, you always bring on people I don't know, so I want to know how you meet all these cool we, people. We met at a, <laughs> I don't even know which particular one, but we met during a iHeartRadio event. Yeah. I forgot which mm-hmm. city. We were in a whole lot of different cities, but I, we met at one of them. and just. Honest, yeah. I want to say Vegas, maybe. The iHeartRadio Music Festival. iHeartMusic okay. Festival? Something, maybe. I don't ever know, since then. She anywhere. she blew up. She moved to L.A. I moved to L.A. She kept doing big things know, in L.A. Working with Snow the product out there. So I was a major fan. Girls like yo, <laughs> let me meet Snow. <laughs> and working with the Wiz Khalifa. So she's like doing good, really good. So I was just like really happy for her. Did you did you actually meet them, Snow the product and Wiz? Oh no, Obi. Uh, no, I didn't meet them. I didn't meet. No, them? I just I just I'm. I live vicariously through her social media <laughs> and Man. see all of, all the good things happening. I feel like Wait, so you do that with a lot of people. You live I vicariously do. through a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. oh, that, that's all I can do now because, you know, I have a two and a half year old. I'm like, what'd you do this weekend? What'd you do this weekend? And it's a little <laughs> scroll endlessly on, on my Instagram. I'm like, this, that was me back in the day. But, you know, oh. I'm back daddy now. Uh, I get back to it. I miss it, but I'll get back to it eventually. Yeah. I'm still young, kind of. Um, wait, so how did you go from, you were like director of, uh, like marketing and events at iHeart? Is that it? Um, 
Yeah, I did. Like, I was a director of promotions, promotions out in Boston okay. when I was in radio. Yeah. Um, and then I started traveling with iHeart for a couple of years, actually. Uh-huh. Um, I did a couple of tours with them. And then through that, met some people that were on the label side of things and then kind of made the crossover. Wait, so how, how, did, that, how did that happen? Like, what, what label? Uh, so I started originally at Atlantic Records. Okay. Um, when I was working at iHeart in Boston, um, I was doing a Wiz Khalifa tour, a Wiz Khalifa concert, and I met uh, the record label rep for Wiz. Kind of talked to him, became friends with him. I was running Point on the radio side. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as I'm talking to him and seeing what he's doing, I'm, you know, I'm thinking that this is something that I end up want to pursue. You know, three years later, he, I kept in touch, offered me a job. I moved out to LA and, you know, we're here now. This was probably four years, four or five years ago, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started at Atlantic Records working for him. Um, so he sort of taught me the, the game and the, the hip hop world and what it's like to be on the label side of things instead of the radio side of things. Uh, that's dope. And what it's like to take it from like here to here. That's dope. Yeah. Honestly, that's, that's something that I always wanted to do. I, I worked at Intercom. Which mm-hmm. is like what second or third now? I mean, they bought CBS Radio. Oh yeah, no, I know. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of stations that are intercom stations. Yeah, so I worked at Intercom, and I, they put me in sales, and I was like, man, fuck sales. I don't want to do sales. I don't want to be on the phone. Like, yeah, I, sales slacks. Yeah, and, and they hired me. <laughs> yeah, and, and they hired me because I know hip hop and R and B, and they had a new station in Austin, ninety five nine. That that's what they do. Yeah. school hip hop and R and B, and I yeah. was like, I, I don't want to sell shit. Like, I want to be. I want to be on the ground. I want to be, I want to be like, maybe I have my own show or something, but like, yeah. Yeah. Never happened. No, that, right. That's kind of how it happened with me. I like, I went into radio. So I started interning there at, um, when I was in Boston actually. Uh-huh. And I was like, I just want to be involved in some way. Cause I'm obsessed with hip hop and I'm obsessed. With oh, it's going to be a good show. Uh-huh. Huh? Yeah. Talk about hip hop. It's going to be a good show. Oh yeah, hip-hop no. Come on. And I'm an R&B. I'm like hip hop R&B. Like, let's go. You know. So I was like, I just want to do something. And then I was just on the ground working. Oh, yeah. Uh, kind of hustling. The video ended. Yeah. Did, did you cut it? Yeah. Did you cut it? No, I didn't cut anything. How did it end? Did you, no, you must have done something. Oh man, this is this is the worst. Are you Are you sure? Because I'm. Yeah, it says yeah, the the feed stop. It turned off. Like two minutes ago. What did I do? Let's, I don't know what you did, man. Let's try this again. <laughs> man, while I was on the roll, that was dope. I was excited. Hey, Carl. <laughs> hey, Carl, you're going to have to edit the shit out of this show. <laughs> I'm, giving you, I'm giving you fair warning right now. a lot of touring for artists set up interviews for them go on tour with them um, do all of their kind of like media radio interviews all that good shit mm-hmm. cool, cool. Um, so you know i started at atlantic um now i actually work for a bunch of companies so i get hired from a bunch of labels to do what i do so all right i'm, I'm gonna keep it 100 and and do it and, and uh we had technical difficulties earlier so i'm gonna repeat what i said <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. no, but like, no, I, like, like I told you earlier, like I, I, I would have loved to have this kind of job when like, 
uh, you know, being in uh, marketing and promotions for a radio station. I worked at Intercom. I had a blast doing it, except for the sales part. But just being in that, I, I was basically looking for, like, what did I want to do at a radio? Like, I, I know music. I love hip-hop. I love R&B. And they hired me for that reason. But I ended up making phone calls all day, and I fucking hated that part. Um, and at the same time, you know, we have a, in Austin, we have 95.9, uh, that's a, uh, hip hop and R&B station. It was brand new and they were looking to grow it and all that. Uh, shout out to everybody who's still in intercom. Uh, but yeah, like how, but why, how, how did you meet Snowder product and with Khalifa? Yeah. So those are just, uh, some of the people that I've worked with, uh, over the years, I would say. I started out at Atlantic because I had met someone when I was working in radio who kind of liked what I did and felt like, you know, I had the right vibe to be in the record label side. So he hired me at the time snow was signed to Atlantic and they needed someone to go on tour with snow Mm. and do her radio. So basically in every city that we went to, I set up all of her radio interviews. So anything that she wanted to do to go on air, um, I would bring people out to her concert that were from the radio station become so that they you know could become a fan of hers like her want to play her on the radio station basically just like schmooze some people you know i'd take them out to dinner with snow with oh, me that kind of okay. stuff and then i was with snow for three months over the summers was like this was like three or four years ago uh-huh. and honestly like to this day still one of my friends she's one of my favorite like, people to like just watch and oh, listen to oh yeah no she's a. And like, do y'all do you, like back in Kim? Do y'all want, uh, know she has a YouTube channel? Yeah, like I watch, I watch all her like uh, vlogs she makes. She's she's yeah. good. Like she's one per, like artist that like hustles and does like everything merch, yeah. like 100%. concerts, like in every city. Like she 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 has that hustling mentality. I like her a lot. I think too. Like, like as a consumer, obviously on this side, not on the like on that side, I work in branding and I own a company like that. So when music switched and we, we kind of changed from A&R reps, I used to be in music and I had a deal back when I was a teenager and they used to have like A&R reps and they had people go out and you got deals and all of that. And then the industry changed. She's a really good example of how musicians had to become like also good at business, good at marketing, good at branding. So all levels. I love that those musicians like her and artists are like true artists. They're artists in their merch. Like you said, Obi, they're, they're good Ooh. at their marketing. They hustle when it comes to going into the cities, knowing exactly their crowds, their branding. So it's just really mm-hmm. interesting how the music industry has changed since like I was in hip hop, but like I said, like pre-show, I used to be a backup dancer for a hip hop singer or rapper actually. And so just watching it change over the years from when I was a singer to a dancer and then now like musicians and obviously COVID is, created a lot of problems in that too. Just seeing people have to show that hustle. She's a good example uh, of that. I actually use her as an example to some of my clients for branding and just, just like better musicians, sometimes like the fuller picture that they have to be good at business as well. It's no longer like you have somebody who does everything for you anymore and you just go sing or you just go yeah. perform. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, uh, it's, it's changed so much that you have to be, you know, you have to be approachable. Yeah. Like it used to be like, there's no way in hell you could end up, you know, meeting your favorite artist. Uh-huh. Uh, but now with social media, it's like, yeah, I know them. They show me their cats and yeah. they, they show me what they do. Yeah. 
Hey, they oh, just yeah. like us. They take a shit like everybody else. They put, a shoe, <laughs> they put their shoes on one at a yeah. time, just like everybody else. Everybody else. Do you, yeah. But which, which way? Crazy, which right? way do you prefer? Do you prefer like back in the day, like when your musicians were like super mm-hmm. mysterious and it felt like it was like they were unreachable, or you like it now where you feel like I'm just like one one person away from or one like message away from actually meeting like my idol or somebody uh, I, I really respect and watch and uh, to. to me i think there's a if it's too much uh where it's like they they, they can't help but share every single moment of their life i think it's like it it, it loses that mystique about the artist yeah, I, I will say, yeah, I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. But, but also, if you're only sharing shit when you're promoting shit, I'm like, all right, come on, what else? Yeah. You know, if all you're doing is promoting your, your album, like, like Kanye, you don't hear from Kanye unless he has something big coming up. Well, I mean. Yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> sorry, I, I, mean, I didn't mean to bring that shit up because, mm-hmm. yeah. But anyway, you're, you're saying, Hannah? Uh, I feel both ways about it. So it's like, it's interesting for me thinking about it how, the label industry used to be before streaming came along mm-hmm. and before social media was a thing and you were buying albums and you were going to record stores and, you know, and then streaming kind of just blew that whole fucking thing up. And you have to think like tours back in the day before there was all this social media and you could see somebody instantly um, were selling out a lot more. Like now we have festivals, so there's bigger things like that, but tours were like a huge yeah fucking cool because that was the only time that you could see this person right it was like you hear them on the radio you could buy their cd see them on tv you could go to their tour mm-hmm. right but now it's like we see these people all the time it sort of loses that value exactly but on the flip side it's helped a lot of people and a lot more people i feel like are famous nowadays than they would have been because there's all this opportunity to like promote yourself, get to know the artists, people like them. You're able to reach so many more people than you may have not been able to. So it's just, you know, it's kind of like a, yeah. a double-edged sword here. Like, and, and it is like Cardi B is a positive. prime example of like, if she didn't have her social media and people kind of fall in love with like her, how her personality is like, it, it, I feel like you, yeah. you, that's, she's a really good yeah. example. People like everything. Well, was she, she big on social media before she blew up? Well, she was. She was on a reality oh, show before. Yeah. Before yeah, she was on Love and Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, her social media is what people fell in love with because she would go on these rants on her social media. Mm-hmm. She would go on social media and be like, "I don't care if you guys don't like me. I know you're talking shit about me and this and that." But the way she would talk about it was so mm-hmm. funny. Like she was so funny. She had it like. She had an endearing, funny side to her that that blew up, and they weren't going to keep her on the show actually. But her social media presence was so huge, Crazy. they decided to go ahead and put her on there. Yeah. Oh. So I mean, oh. that, that actually pressed. It went that direction. Because you know, you so, uh, I even like Cardi B is a good, but you know, even be- better uh, example is uh, DJ Khaled. He his oh, whole this career blew up. This man's too of, much. He blew up because of entirely because of social media, like with his Snapchats, with his another one, and like he does it so much that he just became like a, like a, like a what's the, what's the right word I'm looking for, <laughs> like a caricature of himself, like, like omnipresent. Yeah, he's he's just yeah, it, it, just it, a but whole, it's too much, right? Promotions right here, like that's his whole being is promo. Uh-huh. But come on, you, you got to be tired of him. I, 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 I don't even, I, I'm not even no, following him. I'm tired you, of him. I mean, you I personally, but but brands are not. <laughs> oh sure, I mean, still trying to use make them that money and, and promote the product. 
yeah. by all means, I'm not knocking down a hustle. And I know like, you know, he gets sponsorships and all that, you know, I mean, he's not the most attractive guy in the world, but it works for him. I mean, he was on that, he was on that, sh- he was on that show with, uh, with Diddy, you know, the four, I mean, he, he's done other things. And I think when you saw that, like you saw his feedback about the industry mm-hmm. and about musicians, like I'm not tired of him because like, I appreciated like his presence on that show. So I think that the, the, as in anything we do, like I, obviously you guys know me, uh, Hannah's just meeting me, but a lot of people that know my Facebook know that we own two companies. I work in coaching of a person, but then branding, social media, media, all those things that we, we own a separate company for. And the biggest thing I tell people is that you have to be multifaceted. You have to always be on your grind to, to open up, to see what that next step is, like be intuitive mm-hmm. to that next step. And those are the greatest artists we have right now that are intuitive to going, oh, the next step, this is this, this show or being on a, the voice and being a judge on the voice or doing something else that used to be looked down on. Like, Oh, you weren't as cool. If you went on those shows, it was just to mm-hmm. kind of get your career back. But now you've got some of the top top names on the voice as judges and things like that. And that reignite, reignites their careers and opportunities. So I'm not tired of them because I see them in different uh, aspects of things. But I also, I appreciate the hustle um, as much as I do the alignment. I think a lot of musicians, and artists in that field have a good alignment. They know what their purpose is and they stay open and they just roll with it. The people that I'm worried for are the people that stay in their own little box. I'm staying, I'm going to stay true to my craft. I'm going to do it my way and only my way and nobody can mess with me. I'm not open to your yeah. opinion, this job, I'm not doing this. And they kind of fizzle out. Well, I, th- I so think personal brand opinion. is still very important. Uh, I mean, case in point, when I first launched the feedback, almost 10 years ago, my face was nowhere to be seen. Even though my name is in the freaking, <laughs> my, my first name is in the, is in the name of the yeah. thing. Yeah. And so it's not until later, but people put two and two together and say, oh, you're back from the feedback. Yeah, but my face was nowhere. So I, I, I think that um, if you want to get yourself out there and then you're trying to, you know, um, yeah, you have to like cultivate that, you know your, your personal brand that that's just the way the way that goes yeah but uh speaking of we got we got to talk about hip hop cuz this was a big week Good. for hip hop uh this uh Good. when was it was it wednesday oh. the hip hop birthday um oh uh, yes two di- yesterday two days, two days ago? ago i think two, yeah, days. two days ago yeah was the hip hop's 47th birthday yeah. uh Knowing that uh, the first, like the birthday of hip hop, was that cool hurt party uh, on August thirteenth, um, no August eleventh, sorry, uh, August eleventh, nineteen seventy three, uh, in the Bronx. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, well, I, I, what what was your what was your introduction to hip hop? Uh like what made you fall in love with hip hop? What was it that you're like, oh yeah, this is my this is my shit right here? I think mine that I can remember is uh You heard Ja Rule and you're like, that's it? No, that's <laughs> right. I'm not I'm not that young. <laughs> no, I think mine was was Coolio. I think like really? it, it was I think I Fantastic I Voyage? Yeah, it was that song because I think I learned all the lyrics to that song, Fantastic Voyage. And then I just kind of, and his songs were so easy and so catchy because I was like, oh man, I, 
I, I could like I know all the lyrics to this song. Then right after that song, I think California Love came out and I learned all the lyrics. To it. And then I was just like, man, I feel like a rapper now or something. And then that's just kind of and then I just always stayed in it. And it's just there's it, all all of hip hop is always seems to have like this party atmosphere kind of like vibe yeah. to it. Yeah, so, that's how it started. Hip-hop. And I was getting being like some of this like high energy. You don't stop. Yeah, you don't want to always. It's just like so slow ballads, like especially in the early nineties or something, like or or boys to men, like was the like. But it's just like that. Hip hop was like your party music. You always went to. Did you? For yeah, for me, I don't know if it's like fully hip hop, but for me, I remember like little my mom. You know what I mean? Little growing up. For some reason, every time I would hear "Return of the Mac," it was like (laughs) that's a good one. Where I'm like, there it is. Like a young- Return of the Mac. Like, Hold on. And now you hear that on TV. Oh every God. I hear that on TV every like commercial break now. Yes. Came out and then you know growing up and I don't know why it was, that was just it was so brought into my life in some way like just any part of the culture really and growing up and then it went from there all the way to summer camps or mix a lot <laughs> comes out. <laughs> for some reason, my ass does a dance. Dance at the talent show to Baby Got Back. Uh, Full of course you did. My parents had to call me and pick me up. Wait, how old? How old is that? I was twelve, probably thirteen. Oh, man, Return of the Mac yeah, and, <laughs> yeah. and Baby Got Back. And Baby Got Back. That was one of my like, favorite right. music videos. Uh-huh. Baby Got Back. Yeah, that music video. When he's sitting was on, the, on top of the butt. For those who don't know, just go, mm-hmm. go just YouTube that. It's it's uh, iconic that video. Classic, classic video. No, it's not a Nicki Minaj song. <laughs> yeah, not right. Not the, yeah. It makes a lot. Yeah, so it <laughs> Like, I was going to say, hip hop for me was like a good transition for me. Like, you know, I, I think I mentioned this before, but like, I was back with Mississippi, like growing up, born, <laughs> no TV, you know, black and white TV for a while and no phone. So when we moved to Arkansas, uh, my whole friend group changed. I went from listening to straight 90s country, 80s and 90s country music. And nothing of like the the only interaction I had with anybody that was black that sang was like older, like Billie Holiday and like those older Mm -hmm. 60s music. Mm -hmm. And I think my dad had like some Michael Jackson around or something. But for the most part, it was like 70s music. And for me, it was like a a, a literal evolution of self and like expression. Like you guys know my, you know, Tupac story. I told that on the first podcast, but and, and then getting into hip hop dancing for me. That was a whole transition for me as a person, as an expression, to be this girl that came from a racist upbringing and then go into a predominantly black culture of friends and everyone and go from country to listening to this music that I was kind of like, I I don't, at first I was like, that I kind of like, I don't know how I feel about it, right? Because I knew it, like, it made my body move. You were that girl from Save the Last Dance? (laughs) Like, you had a black friend that just went, oh, you gotta go like this. That was my nickname. The whole choreography, the whole choreography that we thought was fire. Yeah, that whole thing. Yeah, and I watched it back, and I'm like, I'm older than you. I mean, I'm older than you guys by like four years. I'm about to be forty, you know. But at the same time, like when Save the Last Dance, I would go to the club, and I wasn't supposed to be there, but they would let me in. I already told you about the back that asset contest and all the freak nicks and all that. So I would go anyway. And as soon as I would make my way through the crowd, I would always hear, oh, shit, it's Save the Last Dance <laughs> in the Stitch. So I was like, I didn't get that. I mean, 
it. But then I watched the movie and I was like, oh, okay, I got it. I'm the white girl that showed up and like is dancing. I got every it. Every movie. Every, there's the another one on Netflix now. The <laughs> same. There, yeah, there's a couple that they've got. Like, there's a two, and then there's like Honey, and then Honey. There's like a bunch Step of Up ones, and like all, that, the, all the same. Yeah, bring It yeah, On again. <laughs> yeah, right. There was like five Bring It On movies. There was, there was I, five. I was told that I looked like Sean Patrick Thomas from Save the Last Dance. But I have to throw out to hip hop, okay? I don't know if it's considered hip hop, but I will tell you how, how my dad legitimately tried to catch up to this hip hop and all this stuff. So in high school, he's, you know, he knows I'm on the dance team and I make the captain and all this stuff. And he's like trying to get with it. And, I, and my dad loves music. He's super, you know, super country dude, but he got into a lot of like mainstream music. So I walk out and he's like, Kim, because my name in the South is two syllables instead of one. It's not Kim, it's Kim. Kim. So he's like, Kim. Listen to this. Come listen to my tune. And this is when it was CDs and the CD player or whatever. And my dad had this uh, 96 Mustang and it was like purple, all like tricked out. My dad has a low rider. He had a bunch of different random cars. So I go out and I'm thinking, he's like, I got the newest tunes from Will Smith. And I'm like, I don't think he launched anything lately. And he had Wild Wild West. He puts it in <laughs> and he slides it. And he goes, what can he, like my dad, who's like, I think 40 something at the time, like super country. Wicked, wicked, wild, wild west. And he just kept playing it on repeat. And he goes, this song makes me, this is, it just makes me want to do stuff. <laughs> wow, and I was like, wow. okay. Well, look, okay. man. And at that point, like that, the world of hip hop just sort of, and rap just sort of like entered our home <laughs> on a more regular basis. And I, I started seeing that more, you know, I didn't get in trouble for it anymore. And I didn't get in trouble for listening to Tupac and stuff. But I think that hip hop was able to really show the trans trans transcendence through I mean, cultures, it, um, in, you know, in a bigger way than other it is. It is the number had. one music in the world now. Like it, it passed and every rock. rock give, in, warm, yeah. I mean, when you think about yeah. the the fashion, the dancing, the music, the business around it. I mean, what when you start seeing every show out there that has elements of hip hop in it. Whether it's, it's it's a caricature or not, like The Simpsons will have an episode when when Bart used to rap. You know, there's always oh let let, let me take the, our main character and then put a chain around him, give him a head backwards and saggy pants, and all of a sudden he's like yo yo yo, and that's all. That's it. Uh -huh. You know, I, just today, yeah. well, one of my boys I grew up with was like, yo, check out this uh, this YouTube page called yeah. the Storybots, and it's a kids show with a robot cartoons rapping about kid stuff like about well about science and colors and shape and dinosaurs and all kinds okay. of stuff but they're rapping the whole time like the dinosaurs are coming up with chains and like and hats oh, and everything oh it's, it's crazy it's called storybots oh, wow. and i love it and i fucking love it i was like yes that's what i have never seen Box smiles so hard <laughs> talking about kids stuff. Look at him; he's just I'm like glowing. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm I'm gonna share, I gotta share. My, I gotta share my story too. I bet your son is asleep most of the time that you're oh, yeah. playing it. No, he he loves it. Yeah, like he, he, uh -huh. he his favorite song right now is uh, "Keep the Heads Ringing." Kim. Ring, oh. ding, dong. He loves that shit. <laughs> but like, my, tell the truth. Your son's not even watching. It's just you. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's like that. It's not, yeah. But like, my, my introduction was 
Uh, I mean, I grew up in France and my sister and French hip hop was already big at the time growing up anyway. So it was all over the place. Same kind of model in the sense that they were talking about, they were very, very political, very socially engaged, you know, about cops, about the projects, about all of that already. And then my sister was in exchange program and she brought back Doggy Style. It's 1993. Uh, and The Chronic, actually. And I, and I listened to it and I was like, what the fuck is this? You know, from gin and juice to Dre Day. And I was all about that. And I, I was like, okay, I need, I need more than that. I need more than that. And I would, there's a website called the Original Hip Hop Lyrics Archive, uh, dot um, uh, org, And you can actually... All the lyrics of every song you can think about, it's on there. You can just print it out. And I had a binder this thick of hip-hop lyrics that I learned by heart. And so um, American hip-hop, French hip-hop, and then I went on the ground in later 2009. And then I came here, and I realized that, holy shit, this guy's in. I didn't know what the hell they were saying at first because, I mean, I spoke French. But my English got better listening to it. And then I came here, and I, I couldn't understand what they were saying. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is this is actually cool. Talking about bitches and hoes and... <laughs> whatever i like it i like the sound of it i like the lyrics and i like the the melody and the rhyming scheme and all that crap so yeah i'll take it so i was all, well, all about it i mean it's come a long way we go from all the like the the nice pg raps to where we are today with uh, the wop video with cardi Dude. b and meg the stallion like for those hopefully i think pretty much everyone's seen this music and, video and the, by 85 now 85 million views yeah. Yeah. Seriously. So yeah. people are looking at it. One video, like trending mm. video. And good. I'm glad it is. Yeah, so what I want to hear from the ladies, no, like I what know. like yeah, 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 what's your what's your what's your impression of the video? What's your takeaway? Um I don't know. I honestly am like twofold with it. So obviously, like the first time that I'm gonna hear it, I'm like so have my label and radio ears on it, which is gonna sound so fucking corny, <laughs> but that's what it is. And like my at first pass, I was like, y'all crossed the line a little too much. Mm-hmm. Like it's just one too fucking far. Mm-hmm. It really is. And then as I'm like thinking about it and, and looking at social media and, and all this kind of shit, I'm like, you know what? Fuck that. Like if these if they want to do it, fucking go ahead. If they feel like they're empowered, this is what they want to do, this is what the fuck they want to rap about, have at it. Like, you know what I mean? It's just like have at it. <laughs> I think they took it a little. Which, I think it's a little forced. You know, for they me, got, they got me walking like that in my house. No joke. Yeah, like, I was like, oh, I, I mean, look, they're they're fucking loving. They want to do it. Like, I hate all this shit about uh, women. You know, ever, there's this whole, whole argument right now in the label world, music, social media sphere. That's like, well. uh, why can women not do it, but men can? Like, sure. why can men rap like that, but women are getting so much shit for it? Like, male rappers talk like that all yeah, the time. There's like, there's so, I mean, there's like a long, endless like, list. Like, endless. And like, this is going to, I have a song out right now, Why If I'm Lucci Wet. It's literally called Wet. And it's talking about the same shit and nobody's ever said anything yeah. to me. It's blowing up on you have Yeah, it's you have songs crazy. like Slop On Your Knob or... From the window on, to the wall, from the window oh, to the wall. Skeet, Hold on, skeet, the, like, the oh. one I heard. There's one I don't know the, the dude's name, but when I heard that, I was like, "Really? Uh, 
You're such a fucking hoe. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I love yeah, it. Yeah, that's Kanye it's West. Like, yeah, well, who's the kid? Who's the other kid? Lil Pump. Oh, that's him? And then there's a song, the fucking two chains, ASAP Rocky. I got it. I love fucking bad bitches. I got a fucking yeah, problem. That one, like, all, yeah. like all the songs. Like the song, I got a none problem. of those ever started like a, all this controversy. But I feel like, yeah, society, society has like some kind of issue when it's girls doing it. Like they feel like they have to like go and protect them or something like, oh, no, I got to protect the, the little like, girls seeing this. Like, I mean, you, you shouldn't feel this triggered by... My girls talking no. the same way like is yes that's my whole thing if you're worried about how your kid or child is going to react to this you have bigger problems than them listening to a three minute long song mm-hmm. like their whole entire upbringing their learning isn't big based off of it if you're not teaching your kids you know that this is just a song like there's bigger problems here if that's where they're if that's where they're learning their shit kind of talk like we live in a society that's going to teach kids any anyway. So like I told you guys earlier, like I'm into like sex education of kids at certain ages and developmental stages, all that. I'm not so much worried about the kids on the situation. Oh, they're going to find them mm-hmm. stuff yeah. no matter what. But I'm you, I just want to throw in one thing. I want to do a shout out to, to Meg the Stallion on this lyric. Like I have, I've loved it. I've been waiting for a selfie to post it with, but it, I just, you know, I'm not, I, I'm basic. So I got to get the right lighting. I've been wanting to post this fucking lyric that is so good to for me. You can't hurt my feelings, but I love pain. I was like, that is my that's my lyric of the yep. whole song. I love that. You can't hurt my feelings, but I love pain. And I was like, yeah. I gotta get the right self. That, that was the lyric. That was the lyric of that song. So my, my favorite lyric. My favorite lyric of that whole song is macaroni in a pot. That's some. Yeah. <laughs> that's yes. the lyric of the song. I've never. That was the first time in my entire life I've ever heard a girl describe her vagina as macaroni and cheese. <laughs> no, everybody not. Well, I mean, if you okay, if you're a girl, you you would know. Like you, you might not describe. You know the sound, but If you're, you, know, you get it. it. Uh, if you're eating my ass, you're a bottom feeder. <laughs> Come on, yeah. there's some really good punchlines in this. There's some good lines in that song. Here's how I look at it, like, is that you got people that felt like, it is, it's that, like, I want to, I want a, a woman that's got class outwardly, and I want to freak behind closed doors. And so for so long, society, and on all cultures, races, everything, wanted that idea. They wanted their women to be a certain way out front, oh, yeah. and a certain freak way behind the, the doors. And lady in the street, but a freak in the bed. door open, it was like, no. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about it openly. We're gonna be this. I mean, I you know I I, I coach in sex like not sex groups, but like that came off wrong. I coach in sex groups. I coach on things. I'm in groups where I coach on being okay with the body as not just a sexual object, but it's okay to express yourself as such and with such and t- teach your kids certain things. You don't have to like get too intense, but at the end of the day, like I think people's problems really came. When it came that women were just so open and in your face that some people were like, "Oh, oh yeah, how, how, oh, how dare we? Yeah, right. How dare they? How dare what? How dare like two women come out and say, uh, so I mean, this is what I got, and this is the way we're going to talk about it, and it's art, and it's this, and it's that. That's what I think I kept seeing the feedback on Twitter was like, how dare they come out with something? They went too far. They no, they just went as far as the dudes have, like you guys have already mentioned. So for me, I was like all about it, like." It, it, I didn't think they went too far. 
But I mean, I'm a mom of two teenagers. I see so much stuff going down. I have to talk about so much stuff with them. And I work in women empowerment. That's my job and work in this type of thing. So for me, I thought it was a win. I was like, finally, like we can talk about it openly, take that power back yeah. and not let just dudes talk about it. Like, why can't we talk about it? I actually <laughs> like what Cardi B did like, uh, or had a response to it today that was like in the New York uh, Times. I think uh-huh. where she, she was talking about like like all the controversy that they were getting about the music video and and she said that um because people were like all the conservative people were saying like oh like why are y'all not doing like a conscious rap or 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 some music with like a message to it and she was like um yard people are not streaming those songs like there you have artists that do that kind of music but there's some for everybody but just yeah like, everybody's like we, people don't have to, everyone already. just have to do the exact same type of music like there's an audience that likes to hear this stuff and that's what they're that's what i provide like that's what my and she's right like people she's like the number one streaming thing this whole week like it's the number one so we can be multifaceted human beings like last time i was on the show my hot shit at the end of the thing was that I had I had just downloaded Folklore by Taylor Swift and that shit was my jam and Alex's. If you remember, mm-hmm. Alex's on yeah. the We had been down. We had been listening to Folklore by Taylor Swift all week. I can listen to Folklore about Taylor Swift making me get feelings about sixth grade crushes I had and still listen to Cardi B and honor that part of me too. Like as women, Hold as on. human beings, we are multifaceted. So like. Music as an expression does not have to be limited to I only one audience. I am okay, an audience me, of let, six let different me, uh, types of music. Let me let me uh, play a little devil's advocate here. By the way, shout out to everybody in the chat. We were on YouTube now. I see G Christ, Kate Boswell. Hey, Casey. Uh, saying yes, expression is so important. Yes, it is. But they, but here's um, what if, and I say what if. Make a, I don't know if there's a really young female artist out there, like in her, let's say take Taylor Swift and then say, actually maybe hip hop will be better. And Okay. A young female hip hop artist, like young in like 15, 16, and she's rapping like that. How would you respond then? Because I mean, Cardi B and uh, Meg Thee Stallion, they're adults. They can do whatever they want. Adults are grown women. They have plenty of sexual experiences. Sure, but if a, if a sixteen year old does the same thing, what happens then? Uh, I mean, I, that's not my. That's not my. Yeah, that bad Barbie. That yeah, bad Barbie bitch. That uh, catch oh, me outside, so, bitch. Okay, I, I'm. The whole bad baby thing is so she's signed to Atlantic, and I remember when they signed her, I was just like, "Oh, are tripping!" <laughs> like, did you meet her? She really like that. Huh? Did you meet her? She's like that. That's what she did. And when she got signed, she was like 14 or 15. And I just remember being like, I'm uncomfortable. Like, I don't ever get fucking uncomfortable ever. But I was just like, this is a lot for like a little girl. Like, but I mean. Catch me outside. Are- How about that? Yeah. Kids are growing up quick. And, you know, unfortunately or fortunately, there's a huge audience for it. I so mean, you have to like, be, a, you have to be an adult? That if we have, you know, it statutory rape laws about sex and different things, having sex with a child at a certain age and all of that, you know, it, it's, it's tricky to put out music by a child and, and, and then like be con- like contradicting on the ages of consensual sex and stuff. I'm not, I'm not huge. I'm huge on educating children at 15, 16, 17, 18, but like, I don't know if, if it's music, I don't really know. I think I'd have to look, listen to that longer in my head and think about like what I think about. Cause 
my daughter does music. I mean, I mean, you probably don't know that, but my daughter does music. She's 16. She does stuff. And I, I don't know how I feel about, you know, her putting something out there about that particular in-depth. The reason I'm saying it is because this particular song is very in-depth. And I would be very, very uh, disturbed if a 15-year-old was that experienced in sex in yeah. all of those ways. It doesn't have to be. Uh, here's here's the thing. Like, if, if I'm gonna, that's what I'm saying is that I would be concerned that it would be p- putting off this impression that 15 year olds should be that experienced. So if, if she put it out, say a person named Megan put out a, a video just like it, other 15 year olds are gonna be like, oh shit, I gotta I gotta start practicing. Mm. I just gotta watch videos because I'm not up to speed. That's the that's the point of view I don't like. Now okay. as women, yeah, 20 years. I feel like that's happening now that that's not where we're at that point. Like I know that you go on TikTok, depending on like what your for you page looks like or whatever, but there are very young kids on TikTok dancing very sexually to songs. I know that they didn't make these songs. We're not talking like this, but dancing sexually dressed sexually Mm -hmm. to really explicit songs that are incredibly, incredibly viral that another 15 year old, because I have a 16 year old stepsister and she does that shit or wants to do that shit. And I'm like, do you even know what you're saying or what you're dancing like? Like, it's just, it's a whole different well, world now. Let, 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 let me ask you this, uh, Hannah. Like, um, you remember when uh, when Britney came out? Like, how old was she? She was 18, 17, 18, something like that? Uh, younger. I think she was like 16, yeah. 17. Oops, I, I did it again. Yeah, Oops, I did it again was her, her yeah. joint, right? That's how she came out. But so, it was. Well, Hand Me Warmer Time was what she came out with. Yeah, and that's a sexual right, that song. That's the thing. Yeah, there you go. But we ate it up. We ate it up because it was cute, because she was hot. And let's be honest, it's like whether whether she experienced those things in real life or not. But she wasn't I'm, talking I'm about a record- sex. And she wasn't what? sexual. Like, I have a different idea on sex, sex and dancing sexually. I don't find any... No, no, I'm not talking about the dancing. I'm talking, I'm, I'm talking about... I mean, the, the subject matter. wasn't really sexual. Like, she was wearing... It a was cute. It was cute teenage sex. Yeah, no, she wasn't sex. Like, she wasn't sexual. She had a crop top on and a short skirt. That's not sexy. That's not come sexy. Come on, no, the, 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 the schoolgirl outfit, come on. No, no, no. Some people think it is, and that's, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, I teach my son, like, a girl could walk across here naked, and that's a body. And he's like, yeah, it's a body. Like, it, it's a choice to see something as sexual or not. Um, because that, if you That's that, okay, but if I'm a, if I'm a record exec and I'm like, look, we're going to take this teenage girl and we're going to oh, sell I, her. I She's got to sell it. 100% planned and marketed. 100%. Exactly. Like, I so it was some grown man's decision to put yeah. her up. Yeah, that was the world yes, I lived in. Exactly so I get that point. part of it. Sexualizing a person's body and image and all that. Like, I, I get that. But I'm saying, like, I, like, what she's wearing to me is not sexual. You're Come saying, on, like, look at that. I can't. I can't. On, she, had, she, had, she had cleavage <laughs> and everything. And, and, and that's even just not sexual. That's that's a choice. I'm, I'm not saying. Listen, I mean, but you, but you could, but you could, un, but you can, but you can understand where people would would another audience could see it sexualized. I understand so. that everybody gets to make a choice as to what they see as sexual, and I will respect that. But if you choose to see a body part as sexual, that's up to you. Now, do I think she's marketed like um, Hannah said? you know, and that box said that it was marketed, you know, by men in that sexual way. Absolutely. I get what you're saying. I just think as a society, we have to evolve to understand that like when we, we look at certain tribes uh, from 
years and years of generations that walk around naked with nothing going on and they, they're interviewed and they're put in National Geographic. They, you ask them about body parts, they do not see them as sexual and they're naked all day. So yes, but that's saying, a different culture. Look, I'm from Africa. I know yeah, like- it's a different look, culture, but that doesn't- oh, like, Hold on, hold on, hold on. America's changing culture. I, Yes, but I, I don't think that will take. I don't think that will ever go away in this in this country. Like in in France, in France, see the people that don't see bodies as sexual. Feminists in general do not see a body and see sex. I'm, I'm talking. I'm 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 saying that yes, is as an individual, you see a body part and you're like, yes, yeah, a body part. Look, you can see a you can see a dick on French TV at 8 p.m. You can right. see titties. Nobody gives a shit. It's okay. We're not we're not stuck up like that. But in the in the in in this country, in the culture we're in, when everything is sex, sex in your face, in your face all day, and that's what works and that's what sells, it's kind of the chicken or the egg type thing. Like what do people respond to and what works? Which one comes first? So mm-hmm. no matter no matter how you no matter how you, you look at it, if you think about society as a whole and how people respond, yes, you're gonna have a sexy you, you're going to have something sexy. It's in commercials. It's in, it's on TV. It's in movies. It's all, it's all the time, all, all over the place. That certain people decide they view as sexy is which is what I'm saying. we we have two different arguments. If you look at it and you think it's sexy, not all mm-hmm. people look at it and see it as sexy. I don't I'm, watch, I don't watch, but they wouldn't do it if it, if it wasn't, if it didn't well, let work. Let me just say why I've done, like I've been a part of polls and studies. Men have gone to, they've gone swimming with church groups, right? And they see women in two-piece swimsuits and they, they don't say anything about them being sexy. But then if they, but if they're given a, a, a magazine and they see strangers in the same two-piece, the same exact two-pieces, they think it's sexy. So in the context of whatever it's given, their mind decides that's not sexy to me. You ask doctors that see bodies every day. They go, I'm looking at boobs and vaginas and everything. It's not sexy to me, but put into context of something, it's sexy. So I, I'm saying I get the point of what you're saying. When it's packaged and marketed and put in the face of certain things, then yes, it comes off as sexy. But we can't hold a person accountable and say that they're pushing out sexy different things and they should not be as sexy. That's your choice as a human being to decide if a body is sexy to you or not. That's all I was saying. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to keep talking in circles, but um i i do i just want to you know dig a little deeper here uh then there's something about when i when i came when i came here um uh, 22 years ago like i was told there's three things you can't talk about with people where they get uncomfortable politics religion and sex if you talk about sex with people people get really it's, it's awkward it's weird and the weird thing is there's this uh this idea just like you know we're saying like conservatives are bitching at uh this WAP video because it's way too sexual, it's way too graphic, and women shouldn't talk like that and 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 all that. And and yet we have we know that sex sells. So it's kind of hypocr- it's hypocritical in a way. It is. And so I don't know. I but think it's like this forbidden and the taboo. That's why it's selling. Exactly. It's like this forbidden uh, a thing that's it's taboo. You feel like you want a little bit more of it because it's the wrong thing. Or it, and I'm not saying that's how I how I view it, but that's just what the marketing I feel like is behind it, or what the response is behind it. It's like this 
thing that you're not supposed to have, but you want, and it's a little bit dirty and naughty and you like it and it sells and people want to look at it because it draws them because maybe they don't see it all the time or, you know, it feels to them like they've been trained that it's, you know, not what they're supposed to be looking different at. levels of people comment it way they would opinion or awareness in, in that. Like like I said, like I think maybe perhaps I come from like a different, more progressive group of people, not progressive minded, not nothing superior here. I don't want that to come off strange. I mean like the people that I work with who speak to their children, who educate on these things, who work in healing of traumas and sexual assaults and all of that are a much more open group about talking about sex. It's not taboo. Like I talk about it in my home with around my kids. I talk about it with Sinjin. I'm on podcast about it. So I see, I think maybe I see it differently because I come from a place where my daily work is talking about traumas and sex and what sells and branding and all of those things. And it's intertwined and nobody has a problem talking about sex unless they're conservative until I say, I see a bunch of Christian girls throwing their boobs up online all the time with a cross right here, right between their cleavage. And people will go, oh, well, yeah, no, oh, um, well, yeah, she probably should have pulled her shirt up a little bit. And I'm like, I mean, you don't have a problem I mean, when it's like the girl that goes to the mega church with you. I have so a bigger take. I, I have another takeaway from that, this whole thing. It's not really just like the sex thing. It's like, why? Like, because most of, I, I saw a lot of comments about this music video going on, but it seems to me, I didn't, I wasn't seeing a lot of guys say anything negative about this video. It seems like it's always girls being super hard on other girls for some reason. And I don't, I don't understand why, like, why, why do, why is there some section of women so critical of, of other women doing, doing this? And then it's, it's cause it's not like, it's not like the, super shy conservative guys are like oh no don't do it. like they still were like uh it looks fine oh, to me or, it, but i didn't i wasn't seeing like a lot of negative comments coming from guys or even calling them names. ben shapiro yeah he's like he's a troll though we have two reasons why we oppose things now it might be some people stand behind like a, a really deep-rooted uh, uh conviction like with a religion or something like that saying they're conservative so they would be conservative and then just to be straight honest and I'm a part of this group as well is that sometimes other women challenge us there's a jealousy there's a challenge it's a like oh I couldn't oh I could never you know talk about that so openly I couldn't share my body like that I couldn't talk about that or I'm not getting that kind of stuff at home and so like it's like that you've got to put down something that's challenging what's highlighting what you don't have the ability to either do or the, the ability to talk about so openly. The only reason I know that is because yeah, I get but, OBU, I get a lot of trolls when I open up and I say stuff about my personal life. People will go, oh, why you got to tell all your business? And I'm like, why are you mad about it? It's because you are hiding your shit at home. So that's what I think uh -huh. is more of that. They're challenged by what they're seeing, that they feel mm -hmm. like I can't do that. And if I express myself that way, either a husband or a church member or a neighbor or a Facebook friend would be upset with me. So I can't do that, and that's where the hating. But I, 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 did. I feel like that, that, that's still like a small percent. Like, cause it's not uh, all the girls I'm seeing saying the, the ones that are having negative comments are not like your church going type. They're it, they're just kind I'm of. I'm not saying church going type. I'm saying people yeah. like me that feel still that they can't. They can't say that they like that song because their Facebook friends are going to come after them. It's a oh. challenge of like I don't have well, that. It's all you think. It's all about optics. Sometimes I just think like in any topic, not just this one. I mean, this is what I work in with my clients. 
When I asked them, what is it that made you upset when you were scrolling? Obi, I talked to you the other day. I said, I don't get jealous when I scroll the feed of girls that look younger than me or better than me because I know somebody's going to be prettier, seeing better. I get jealous of a girl that can run down the road because with my illness, I can't run. I can't, I can't get on the treadmill. Mm -hmm. So I get challenged when I see fitness people. That triggers me, right? Because I can't mm -hmm. do that. That bothers me. When I work with my clients, their number okay. one answer is, that, why uh, am I challenged? It's because I can't do that. I can't be that open. Uh, I can't yeah. do what you do. Because I'm like, well, it's because I like, it's a weird dynamic that like, I'm trying to figure out what's the difference between like men and women. Like, because other guys that when we see- w Women hate on other women. Yeah, when, when other guys- <laughs> men, see what, men don't do that. Dude, when I see other guys that are like yeah. richer than me or more attractive or whatever, like my gut- instincts and to kind of go out there and lash at them or something or, or cut I don't, and i don't see a bunch of guys in general do that to other guys like you don't see people like shitting on like zach efron or, or no like it but for some reason when when other like lifted up like females kind of get to this certain point there's like this there's like this percentage of women that kind of feel either jealous of it or threatened of it and they kind of want to cut it down immediately without kind of like but that's, that's what all the books that are written and all the coaching and all the therapy in the world tells you that women are challenged. And Hannah, you can speak to this on your opinion. I'm not sure. But I feel like society has played a role at pitting women against each other in comparison. That's exactly what I was going to say. Our entire, like, for the longest time, women are pitted against each other, starting out for the attention of men. And it, it was really pitted against one another to see who could get more attention or what man is going to choose what woman. And it was really just like a way to pit women against each other to try to one up one another, um, be better than be prettier than be skinnier than wh whatever have it. It's all a jealousy competition. And if you think about it, you know, it should be an envy thing. Like I'm envious of them. And I, and I like what they have. Jealousy to me is like, uh, I'm jealous of you. And I want it instead of you. There's more of like a malicious intent you, behind it. Mm -hmm. And it's not like, I'm, I'm envious of this person, but but really women are to this day pitted against one another. Can't tell you how many times there's stuff that I do on the radio side that I can't get a sweetie song played because somebody will say, I already have another female rapper playing on my radio station. So I can do one or the do you, other. Can't do you do think both. society will could get to a point where this doesn't happen anymore? That would take a long time, but honestly, while. like you know, men and women are, are totally wired differently. And, and, and women really are going to look at each other and think that tearing down someone makes them feel better about themselves. You know, that's kind of like the basis of it. When's the last time you guys saw a Mr. American or a Mr. Arkansas pageant or a Mr. Right. Yeah. We don't have that, but we have a pageant from little girls starting. They're literally like competing on their five years old. Yeah. at five years old so like women have a different experience in that and and i i uh, of all people i would love to hope that our society would change quickly on that because that's what i work in is trying to get women you know their self-esteem and the, the comparison like we see a lot of pinterest quotes and i think hannah you're a woman you see this we see a lot of women that will post a lot of quotes saying that they they're not comparing themselves and they're in their feet they're all about themselves but at the end of the day yeah. like we're fronting a lot of times we still are doing Yes. lying about it and and so i think it's going to take a while to get to something like that because society still does say this is better than this this is better than yes philip stewart in our chat brought up a good point he thinks a lot of it comes from social media 
Like, is that I mean, is that, is that the, is that really helping. what's fueling? Yeah, this whole thing out of fucking water. It really has. It really social media has changed the game in, in more ways. And you know, there's depression rates or people for likes or for what they want to do, and people getting upset, depressed, you know, suicidal. Unfortunately, to, to you know, to bring that conversation up, but it's true about you know the things that you'll see on social media that the bullying that happens, mm-hmm. um, you know, the comments, the, everything that people see really, really can get to, especially like we're all insecure, right? We're all insecure yeah. beings. We all have shit. And if you talk about it, like, Oh, I don't have insecurities. It's like, okay, cool. You do though. Like, you know, we're all human beings. Everybody has shit that we have going on. Kind of everybody's going through something that you'll never know about, you know? And we all, I, I don't think we're going to get to a point anytime soon where that's not going to be a problem oh, where you're not going to want to our face now. Like back in the eighties and nineties, like there was no social media. Right. And I, like I said, I'm, I think I'm the oldest here. And so I grew up in a time where social media came later and my, I didn't have it like my kids do. And so it wasn't right in my face that I was inadequate every single day. It was only like maybe the three girls that had like, like a bigger ass than me or better hair than me or better skin or something at school. I had to compare myself to, but social media does put it right in your face that you're not as smart. You're not a boss bitch. You're not making as much money. Your apartment. You're not about a bag. You're not about the makeup. You're not about the hair, whatever. Uh Right there. And I'll say like, look at the women that are in TV, movies, music, whatever, eighties, nineties, what that woman looks like mm-hmm. compared to what the woman looks like that is famous now, it is two totally different yeah. women. The fact of like this plastic surgery, the bigger, the better, or how, skinnier, however you want the woman to look, it, that woman of like biggest worst now, Nicki Minaj desired woman now. If you go back to like your nineties crush, it's two totally different women. Social media was it in the nineties? Kelly Kapowski, maybe. I like- <laughs> Lisa Turtles, your Kelly Kapowski's, your Aaliyah's, you know what I mean? In a certain area of like the celebrities, because obviously there's some people now that get a chance, like Adele does not, does not fit that mold. Adele came out and she was larger and she became famous. So like, I think what she's talking about is a specific area of life. Like that model has had to get small yeah. face, bigger hits. Yep. I just went back. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Let me about Kim, you don't, you lost a lot of weight. I'm comfortable in my body right now with my illness, but I heard girl, where'd your ass go? Where'd your boobs go? Where's your, this, all this because of the way I used to look. And I was like, what? I'm good with this. But I have, I even had friends that were like, I mean, you fine now, but like, uh, you, you need to be eating some cornbread. And I was like, something. Yeah. It's change you in some way. Everybody wants to change you in some way. Yeah. To make oh, hold on. Let, let me, let, let me go back to the Adele thing. Cause when, so Adele was, a big girl. I mean, not that big, really. And then she lost all the weight. She's supposed to that, 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 that picture. And it you had two awesome. camps. You had people who were like, yeah, you look great. Congratulations. You lost some weight. And other, and the other camp was like, no, you're, you're base, you're, you're, uh, you're buying into the, the, you know, the sexualization mm-hmm. of America and you're changing mm-hmm. your body. Yeah, I'm like, how about? Like, they thought she sold out. Like, yeah, she sold out. And I'm like, hold on. She wants to be more fit and healthy. Like, let her have at it. You know what I mean? That's, that's her right and her prerogative. If you looked at the women who were challenging that, they were the women that found, like, they found an image when Adele came out. Yes. They found an image yep. that matched them. We always look for an image that, like, Goes like, oh, I can't no, like, well, hold on. to see where this, I fit in, where I feel comfortable. Yeah, yeah but do you think I'm not Adele? Hold on. I'm, I'm not Adele. I don't work for her, but I'm saying that if she went from being a big girl to she lost some weight, 
and she did no matter why if she did it because hey i'm trying to be healthy it has nothing to do with buying into the yeah. thing i'm just trying to be healthy because you look at lizzo if lizzo tomorrow lost 150 pounds you know same thing's going to happen to her because there, yeah. there was going to be one camp going, you go girl, you know, you're looking great. Yeah, and then you have the, camp. no, we love you when you were big because you gave us big girls more self-esteem. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I could work like, yeah, like you do. And now blah, blah, blah. It's you sold like, out. It's like a so lose, which lose. Which is which? Like what? Well, the, the BOPO movement, body positivity movement has really, it, it's alienated some people and it's really lifted some people up, obviously, because if people, start out in their in their accepting of their body at bigger uh at higher weights or something and then they do get healthy and they lose weight they lose followings they lose everything but again it comes back to that challenge of women going wait a minute you represented me and in the struggle of losing weight and and saying oh i can eat whatever i want adele was very like i drink alcohol i smoke my cigarettes i do whatever i want i can eat whatever i want i'm not gonna mold mm -hmm. and then amy winehouse died because i watched the documentary Amy Winehouse died and that was her, her friend. And she was like, oh shit, I, I don't want that. I'm not going to become an alcoholic. I don't want to, I want to be around for my kid. So she had very good reasons, but us as a society, we don't always try to dig deeper into why people want to better themselves. We just care about if they better themselves better than us. And if it made us feel uncomfortable and if it did, mm -hmm. some of us don't have a filter and we just got to lash out and be like, oh, you just trying to conform. Okay. Maybe she was trying to conform to a healthier, normal lifestyle for her child. And, and we, we don't talk about that part. We don't talk about people's reasons. And it's yeah. not our business why she wanted to do it. But again, social media has told us that it's our business what anybody, you, Bach, it's my business, which you do since you post, Obi, who you went out with in Vegas, what you were doing there, Hannah, it's now my business because I've met you. So everything that you do is now someone's business. If you're especially a celebrity, mm -hmm. obviously, Hannah, you work in this mm -hmm. more. I think you could talk to that. People feel like they have a right to your business. This is what we were talking about when we were saying, is it good that celebrities are sharing their everyday lives on social media and like what that's kind of like. And they do feel like that. They have a platform now where they can comment on everything that you do. You can comment on every post, on every Instagram. You can privately DM them. Mm -hmm. um, you know, your shit's blown up all over the internet. Your private DMs can get exposed. Your text messages, your pictures, everything that you do. So people feel like they have a right, like you said, to comment on what you're doing because they're like, I've been along with this ride. I can talk to you. You talk about it. Uh, you know what I mean? It's, they feel more entrenched in someone else's life, especially a celebrity they may look up to or is doing shit that they want to do or want to be a part of, you know, people feel like they can really be involved in somebody else's life and make comments like this, like they're, you're there with them or that they're a part of it. And yeah. that this, but it's, it's like a, what their life is and what a, another celebrity's life is. It's, it's not, the lines are blurred, unfortunately. Yeah. It's, point, it's, a, it's, it's there, there's a line somewhere because it's damn if you do damn if you don't like we, right. we talk when this uh, black lives matter thing started happening, and a lot of people, I mean, I, I said it myself on this, on this podcast and I said, okay, where, where are all the, the, the black celebrities? Like, how come they're not speaking out on this? You know, where's Will Smith? Where's, uh, you know, where's Chappelle? Well, he ended up commenting later, but you know, where's, where's the people that people look at, look up to, like people all, already have a connection with their fans that talk all day and share their shit. And now there's a, there's a matter that, that everybody is focusing on where you at to so talk. I was, I was calling them out on that. And then at the same time, it's like, well, 
yeah, we don't we don't need you to talk about this issue. You know, uh, when, you know, LeBron started talking about the Hong Kong thing, you're like, oh, shut up and dribble. You know? Shut up and dribble. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. it's them if you do them if you don't. Not, it's, uh, it's like... Even wants to be famous cause, anyway. Cause, that shit is woof. no, because you know the like because with everything that we just mentioned with with this controversy, like that that stuff we know that that ex- exists in society, and it doesn't go away. Like especially when like important things happen, like say for instance, a VP nomination happens, like Kamala Harris, and she's a woman, and it's like and then I I really for some reason I think because these two things were happening at the same time where, where I was watching the the backlash with this WAP video and I was noticing like man these women are getting like a lot of fucking heat for some for some reason and then when Joe Biden announced Kamala Harris I was seeing that that same kind of negative energy was being directed at her too I was like and it's like there has to be something when people see a woman or something they they feel like they have to like rip them to fucking shreds for some reason. They can't just like uplift and support them. Like, cause I was thinking about, I was like, well, do you, do you remember when, when John Dontrip uh, announced Mike Pence, did people tear him apart the way that they just did kind of Kamala Harris this week or, or tried to? No, it's just, it, it's, here's the thing. Like there, there's a reason why also men feel threatened by women as well. I mean, there are countries where, where, women got to wear the fucking beekeeper thing because as a man, I don't know if I can control myself. If you walk around with your face out in the open. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh-huh. That, 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 that's, that's nuts to me. So it's, it's like, um, I mean, it, it's, a, it's the story of any uh, women in, in the corporate world where you're like, Hey, you have to prove yourself. But if, if my boss is a, is, is a girl, all of a sudden, you know, yeah, I'll find ways to like knock her down a peg a little bit just to show her, like, yeah, yeah, yeah bitch. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, you might be my boss, but eh, you know who runs the show, type deal. So, what was, and it uh, is an insecurity. Yeah. What was there? It is an insecurity. What was everyone's uh, reaction to the VP nomination? Like, I'll start with. Uh, so I'll be honest. Um, I was gone for four days. Be honest. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I practice with that. Don't bullshit us. <laughs> I think by yeah, now yeah. I would have already learned that by boss drilling that into my head. Do not. <laughs> so, uh, so basically for me, um, I've been gone for four days, so I had to catch up on some things. Um, Kamala was not somebody that was really on my radar in the the, the big big picture of things because we had such this year this election we had such a big Democratic um, group of people sixteen that came out so I was like kind of my attention was I, I was a Bernie supporter so people can come throw in different things for different reasons I don't want to talk about it obviously but I don't want to waste the time but I had my energy kind of in a different way and then I was just sort of like I'm just going to wait to see who the pick is because there's like 16 different people at, you know I don't know what's going to happen so I looked into everybody as much as I could but I didn't look I looked into Kam- uh, Kamala she wasn't my favorite I'm going to be honest she's not my favorite but at the same time, she the pick. Who, who was your favorite? Uh, I'm sorry, who? Well, Bernie was my fa- my favorite. Uh, uh, I mean, I was thinking women. For the women side, um, I yeah. I was I really liked Stacey Abrams, and I liked um, I really liked Susan Rice for certain things. I know she's got a lot of backlash for some shit, but I just felt like she she had like her shit together, and I heard her in a lot of interviews last week mm-hmm. when she was talking about Benghazi and different things that she was trying to talk about 
on a larger scale. And I just, I, I felt like her history was a little bit more in line, um, you know, and she might be a little bit more in line to kind of push the level. I think what, what, what happened is we had 16 different people and I was excited, right? Andrew Yang, Cory Booker, all these people came out, different ideas. It was so great. So many good ideas. All of the things that people are running on now were all of these ideas. So Andrew Yang's programs to give money, stimulus packages and all that, we're doing that now. So that actually made some change and I was excited for that. But what mm -hmm. happened is when you choose Kamala, what you're doing is you go, now what we're doing is we're giving you the same thing that we've all done before is you just choose between this or that. There really wasn't, she's not a progressive pick in a, in a way that moves forward for a lot of people. Like a huge number of people do not see this as any sort of progressive movement, except in the form of that she would be the first um, it's history making, which is great. Uh, that's progressive. Um, but just in the sense of everything else, it fell flat for me that I felt like some of her policies, I hope that she gets a little bit more into it, but some of the things that she shot down sort of deflated me in, in a lot of ways. So I'm still kind of like deciding where I stand on it, but I do stand in more of an anti-Trump role than anything. So yeah. What, what do you think, Hannah? Uh, I agree. I think it was honestly a little expected. Like, yeah. it, you know what I mean? It doesn't shake it up at all. It's, it was a little bit expected. Um, I do feel like it's a this or that. I, you know, I feel like a lot of people are... Unfortunately, I think there was a decent amount of people who were kind of along the lines of, I don't give a fuck as long as it's not Donald Trump. And that, yes. you know what I mean? Okay. It was like, we, I don't give a fuck who it is. It's just not a vote for Donald Trump. And, you know, it's, 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 it's not Donald Trump. Like, great. I'm glad that it can be by somebody else. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm glad for that, but I don't feel like it was the smartest pick. I think it was an easy pick and I'm glad that it's a woman and I'm glad it's history making, but I, I don't feel like it was the, the smartest pick. You know, I, in my, uh, I disagree. A little bit. You, I, I think strategically it was a smart pick because. Because it's just the basics of race and gender. And age. Okay. And age. But also, I, the, the, the thing about Biden is that, yeah, his entire platform is, hey, uh, you want Trump out? Vote for me. Like, I, I just got to say what Trump yeah. is, the opposite of what Trump is saying, and I'll get in. That's really all I need to do. He doesn't really stand for anything, really. He's riding on Obama's, you know, record. 100%. You know, so I think no matter what, he needed somebody that was charismatic and somebody who who knows how to uh, like a, a to be like someone tough and so I, I think that it was more on the hey strategically let's pick someone who's the total opposite of this dude and and run with it because when you think Mike Pence you think of the debates like Mike Pence versus Kamala it's worth saying like that Kamala uh, that's going to be interesting. That's going to be interesting because you don't you don't know what the fuck Mike Pence does, but you know that Kamala Harris has a, has a record that know, she runs you on. You don't even know Mike Pence's record. We don't even. You don't, even, don't, know I don't even know how his voice. I don't even know what he does. I don't even know what his voice yeah, sounds. Mike Pence talks, and I can tell you. Yeah, I don't even know what his voice sounds exactly. like. Exactly, but like, you know, that's you why know, Kamala I, will I, be. But like, you know, Kamala will be vocal. Will we'll have some shit to say, and so I, I think strategically, it was a, it was a smart pick. I think well, I, and it I was a it was a good good chess move to me. 
it, it could be it could backfire like I, I i read statistics that's what our job that's what our company does she's not polling very well like you, you guys are looking at it from a position of like she's bold she's opposite of biden her voting record's not that different yeah but, I, you know people that really give a shit about politics she doesn't have you know she's not like you said she's not as progressive as people think that she, she wants is to really weed, so well let me let me no, this but way. like but i feel like this is why I think uh, I, this is why I think Kamala was a very good chess piece move because think about it everybody like I, I could it's safe to say that all of us were not gonna vote for Trump we like our our votes right. are sealed like there's really nothing to kind of gain right now with with our votes we we've already made up our minds the mm-hmm. Kamala pick is for the people that are like fringe. That are our fringe trans that that, that 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 don't that that's their pick. That because that, right, so you don't need it. You don't you don't need a we, we they're like we're we're gonna that's we're gonna Trump, we're gonna that's how Trump got elected. That's not gonna get the vote. Like it, Kamala, that fringe vote is not going to get it. Like I look at numbers, like it doesn't matter. She does not have enough of the progressive votes, and those are the people who are saying because the DNC wanted to do shit their way, didn't listen to us railroaded Bernie and other people and had people drop out, we are not voting now. We don't care. There's a, there's a, a, a huge number of people. You can go on Twitter. You can go into groups. Massive percentage of people that are like, you can fucking deal with Trump. Like, we will literally railroad you. I'm not saying it's right, but I'm saying he, they yeah. need the progressive vote, and they don't have it. It's going to be a very uphill battle. The, the progressives that were, that were voting for AOC, Bernie, all of those people, Elizabeth Warren, they hate, literally, and I hate to say that word, they hate Kamala. They will not vote for her in any capacity. So when you chose someone that you knew was already hated by that group of people, I don't think it was the best strategic move, honestly. I, I think I, it well, was you, because, not, because I, I because it's, because it's almost as because... If, if, because it's almost no. Because I think I don't think they lost. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Here was what I'm saying. Like I don't think they you lost. They lost any votes with the pick at all. Because it's almost like you're saying I I I hate Kamala Harris more than I hate Donald Trump, and that's not true. It's it's no, just no, not I'm true. Saying, no, no, no. Hold on. There, there's there's two things, and I think something. Are you on Twitter? Do you see the people going? I will. I I like millions of yeah. people that are saying. I will not but, vote for anyone this year. Like the okay. DNC has to learn a lesson. So you are you they they did lose a lot of votes. They lost a ton of fucking people that I are mean, not voting. We, we don't. Yeah, but we and won't. They, we won't know. To, we won't. First of all, we won't know till November. And to Sinjin's point, uh, is saying that it, it's a, it's a is it a strategic move to win an election or to make big wins for for people? Those are two different things. I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. But I think we at a point now where we just have to win and then figure out how we can get some policies together once it's in, once they're in office. But what what I what I what I want to add as well is that I think that there's no what what the past election has shown is that policies don't really matter when it comes to elections. Elections are no matter what the election is, whether it's class president or it's your HOA or whatever, it's about who's popular. That's all mm-hmm. it is. I don't. I mean, yeah. people voted for Bush because they wanted to have a beer with him. But you know, so 
popular so, to enough people. Like no, that's, but, that's the disillusionment that you've got going on. She's not. And that's what happened with Hillary. People thought Hillary was more popular. I'm not saying it's in a bag. I'm not saying it's in the bag. I'm oh, not, no, I didn't I'm not say saying that. that. I'm just saying like as a tr- strategically, it just, it, it could go either way is what I'm saying. It could, yeah, it, could go, it could go either way. But, but no. now, now that it's been announced, even when he announced it, you know, months ago when he said, Hey, my VP will be a oh, black woman or something like said something like that. So everybody going, Oh shit, he's going, you know, he's going to revolutionize. He's going to, this is going to be a historic election, blah, blah, blah. So in that sense, that was, that was a smart move, but now they have less than a hundred days until November second. Uh, no, I'm fucking up. Whatever election day. Um, so now they got a, they have to campaign together and get enough people to come back to to the middle and not think that oh well we didn't get Elizabeth Warren we didn't get Bernie so fuck y'all I'm I'm not gonna vote so I'm not gonna help at all the thing is there's still four years to look to look forward to so if we can get if we can get the win now and then worry about the four years other because I I've learned not to underestimate the American people this is the popularity contest now she has to appeal to everybody and bring people a little bit back to, to, you know, to the middle, because if you're too progressive, Bernie happens and Warren happens and Bernie never, Bernie, Bernie didn't, and Warren didn't have any problems until the DNC stepped in. That, that's no, I know. I know that I know they fucked them over. They're going I'm, to say, we're going to teach the DNC a lesson. And if they succeed in that, we get fucking Trump. So if the DNC, I'm saying the people that matter are the people who are right here stuck in the middle. Right. No, no, that's not who just matters anymore. That doesn't win the election for us. The people stuck in the middle do not win the election for us anymore. You have to push it really extreme. Trump was really extreme for the Republicans. That was a really extreme situation. And it got a lot of people excited that never voted, that never got out of their houses to vote. They're for the first time, they were first time voters. Record highs for first time voters other than Obama. Kamala is Kamala's not going to have record numbers for first time voters. It's not happening. They're already polling that and it's flat. So what I'm saying is it, you but, do have um, to be a little it depends more. On but even if you chose like even position. if the the pick even if the pick was a uh, let's say Susan Rice, it still wouldn't have pulled in like this um, amazing new numbers. Susan Rice was polling more people that were more that you're going a different strategy, right? So that's a whole different argument. Susan Rice was pulling more people that were moderate Republicans over to that side, that were more willing to vote for Susan Rice as it's Biden, because a lot of people think that Biden's not going to make it through the first year. So they, they're actually thinking that the vice president will actually be the one that's carrying the country. So that's what they were looking at and going, I, as a Republican, lots of people were saying it, I would vote for Susan Rice, I won't vote for Kamala. So that's what I'm saying is that if you want to go on that that middle ground, you need to pick someone that you can pull from the other side because he's he's losing some votes with those people. Kamala is a very polarizing force in that way. They've seen that in the last couple of days and they're tripping hard on that. I, I mean, I, I watch a lot of the, the, the Hill and all of those things and they are tripping because the biggest thing that they're pulling on is Kamala built her whole thing against Joe Biden on you were racist, you made racist comments, you were sexist, you were the little person that made me feel. I mean, that happened no matter what. Because and now she's now, now she's, they were. I mean, they were. There were enemies before, on. and now that what it doesn't look right. You can't make it look to certain people. It looks like it doesn't look like a. It doesn't look like a good bond. Pence didn't look. really cause much of a problem for Trump because he was like, "Dude, I'll just be here." 
Biden no, Trump talks talk shit about, about Ted Cruz's wife, and Ted Cruz ended up campaigning for him. <laughs> no, I'm saying, but uh, but is- but you're. I mean, you're you're looking. I mean, I think you're you're uh, Kim. I think you're only saying like the negative side. There there is a lot of positive. No, no I'm just looking from, at from what I look at. I'm not, but I because I've I've I've, I've, I no, I've been saying I've I've been like really paying close attention to just kind of like how people are soaking it in, you know, how people are are handling like uh the the pick and how the ticket looks. Because the whole, uh, it's mean, a, the pick, because the, what the good thing that the pick does, it stops a lot of rhetoric that they were planning on doing. Like they were, they, they wanted it like the whole Trump and Pence Republican ticket thing was, they were going to try to force the whole, throw the, the fund the police thing at, at Biden and stuff. But you can't really say that when you have this super like moderate person like over on, on this ticket anymore. You can't be, and they wanted to kind of really paint Joe as this like this this old grandpa dying. They they have no they're so weak. And Kamala is nobody can say that she's a weak person anymore. Like you, she's she's so she has a long history vetted like through and through. Like she she's just more she has she's more qualified than anybody else that they were looking at. They vetted her for months and they thought they they Look. they hit her with every kind of question, like every kind of like outcome that they thought was going to happen they've, they've already went through the whole scenario of everything that it, it was a, it was a really good i think our arguments are different i i don't have i, th- I, like, I think I'm hannah's not, falling asleep yeah, I'm, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm not for or against uh i think it's a hard topic for people you know what i'm saying is that it's I, for for six elections since college being in politics ex-husband in politics i read numbers I read actual numbers of people that show up and I'm looking at numbers and it scares me. It's not, yeah. I'm not saying I won't vote for her. And then the good, the things that you just feel are not positive. I'm not saying there's not negatives that I, that I don't want to focus on. I was just giving you an opinion of like, as a person who reads these numbers and this is what I work in. And I've it's, looked back on that. I'm, I'm I see a dissension. All right, Kim, it's it's been one. It's been two days. Let them campaign together. It's, it's still you there's still time. Like Let's see what comes. Of numbers. You have to. You, that's that's where you get in trouble. That's where Hillary got in trouble. You cannot look at the two days. You look, I'm not here kumbaya and everything. I'm saying that. Yeah, it's, so you have it's, to look at how, how people looked at Kamala before that too, and and see sure. But I'm I'm saying uh, like. I'm saying, give it time. Keep up with the numbers, mm-hmm. uh, and we'll see. We'll see. I mean, at this point, I mean, everybody, anybody who's speculating right now is. is it's pointless because like, yeah, we'll see what happens because it can go, it can be one way one week and the other way the other week. I mean, yeah. If, we, if you told us four years ago, four and a half years ago that we'd be here, people would be like, fuck you, that's not true. Mm-hmm. So we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. And, you know, the unfortunate thing of it is I feel like we're more educated of a group of people, but I'm letting you know that they're, like everybody knows this. You were just in Arkansas. There's an entire middle section of this country that is a lot less educated on politics than we are. Yeah. And we'll do a lot less research on politics than we'll do. And we'll look at this thing entirely fucking different. And a lot of the country that is voting do not have the same information, like do not want to have the same information as us, don't want to look it's up sad, the same but information. It's a reality. Yeah, they exactly. have no intention in their view. And that's what it is. And they don't even want to hear about anything else. They don't want to debate it. They don't want to learn more. Exactly. And that's all. That's like the most wildest point. I've seen it more and more each day. Yeah, like she drops bombs. Don't say shit for like five minutes, and then boom. 
Mm -hmm. <laughs> but that, but that's my point too. Is like that, like it comes off as like I'm being anti Kamala. Like, but that's what I'm saying. No, 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 no. no. It, it, it's that just that you're willing to go, you're willing to go further than most people, and that's that's great. And to Hannah's point, most people don't think that way. Yeah. They don't. The people, a lot of people don't think that way. Statistically, so far, are people that are already entrenched in their views. Yeah, it's hard to like convince somebody to view something differently. Like usually debates get people more entrenched in what they already believed in. Uh -huh. They dig their heels in and they start, you know, defending themselves in their point. And a lot of the people that are voting are people that are already entrenched in their views and usually vote party line. They're and that's like, what I was saying is that for the first time, like people were willing because they were so angry with Trump to move a little bit. But with politics, yeah, they were not, not willing to move off that party line at all. Right. And so that's what I was saying. I was seeing with numbers and all of that. And, and I actually did think that Donald Trump was going to win. You can ask. Like, I picked it. People were calling me crazy online. And I was like, y'all, like, I just came back from Arkansas just now. I just, I just told you that. Everywhere I drove, I talked to uh, somebody here that works in the mayor's office here this morning. That's my good friend. I said, everywhere I drove in Arkansas, from trailer parks to mansions, Trump signs. Like we were like, it was like we were at a, a Trump, like Dollywood, like attraction. I was like Trump everywhere. Texas on our way down here. Now that the Kamala pick came out, the Trump signs were on our way up to Arkansas. We're not out. Then the pick came out, coming back down. Trump signs everywhere. I started seeing Trump groups popping up because that's what we do as a job. Trump groups are popping up, pro-Trump groups all over, all over Facebook at a huge number of rate. So what I'm saying is four years ago, I did go, uh, I think he's going to pull this off. And my friends were like, you're crazy. There's nobody, nobody's going to vote, come out of their houses to do this. The type of people that get up and move are people that feel like they've had no voice and they are moved to do something. And Trump gave an entire group of people a voice and they jumped up, they got off their asses and they voted. So why I'm being so um, passionate about this is to say, I don't want another Hillary situation where we get comfortable and say, look, that was a smart pick and it was good and everybody's gonna pull through and you're gonna have some people that go, well, I don't really, I don't need to vote then. I mean, he's got it in the bag, Trump, and nobody likes Trump. And then guess what? Trump comes through again because all of us sat here and went, it's gonna be great. I mean, look, it's gonna work. We did that with Hillary and it doesn't work. The American people should know by now that when you get complacent and you think that it's safe, that's where like oh, yeah. dark horse don't comes. underestimate people. Yeah, and you said that under, underestimate them was like new and exciting, and there was a lot of people who felt like Trump's saying shit that I'm thinking and but don't say, and Trump's actually saying it on national TV, and it was like this exciting thing for some people, and they wanted to get out. He says of it like it is. Yes, it was different, and he says it like it is. I mean, he's that all man's people, and he's not a politician, and he had that that pull. But I agree with you. I didn't, you know. Yeah. I, mean, I didn't think Hillary had it. But remember in 2016, they're like, he he had less people, less people voted for Trump. He won by the electoral college. And a lot of those, and there's a big, then there was a big chunk of those people that voted because they're like, I want to give him a chance. We are, you're hating on him without giving him a chance. Four years later, no, four years later, we, they've, those, that section has given him a chance. And those are the people that are like, are in between right now. It's it's just yeah. that like the people that the, the ones the ones so that the, the ones came. the ones that are deep in Nebraska Arkansas they're there like because we we saw it during the midterms like those those areas stuck they 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 stuck he didn't lose any of those uh 
those uh, votes that during the midterms. But all the but all the Democratic states and cities got even got bigger. They grew. Even it was mm-hmm. it didn't it was enough to kind of completely take over the state. But they they grew in in, in size during the midterms at the two year point. And then now with everything that just happened in 2020, still we're at what 17 million people are are still unemployed. And he just got rid of Social Security too and Medicaid. And it's just like, it's like, you're not realizing how much, there's a lot of, there's a lot of like the thing that, the thing that kind of really helped him the first time around was, was anger and hatred. And that same but, but anger his, and hatred is going to come back. When he got rid of those things. His likability went back up when he just signed that new stimulus, when he just signed that executive order, his points went up. His points did not drop when any of those things happened. It only dropped when people thought COVID was happening and it drops in how he was handling COVID and now he's been spinning that. Keep in mind that he has a very strategic, Sinjin worked for Trump's campaign manager. So we know a lot more of how this kind of goes and sometimes because Sinjin had to write some of the articles mm-hmm. and poor soul, but some of the things. So Sinjin worked for Brad, Brad Perscale, which is out of San Antonio. I don't know if you guys know where Trump's like things are centered. But we have a lot of the people that contribute massive amounts of money to his campaign here in San Antonio. I was reading the Forbes list yesterday. Mm-hmm. Xerox, Microsoft owners. Uh, who else was it, Sinjin? Like uh, the Houston Rockets owner. These people are huge influences in big pockets. And what they can do is they can bring big city numbers that can flip a state very easily strategically last minute that you might think be going the other way, but they use they have ads that are hitting TV. They have people out there knocking doors. The money does matter. And he does have the money right now. He does have that backing. So to say, like from our side, Obi, like we know that he dropped the ball on a lot of things. We know that he made a lot of promises he didn't keep. But I will tell you, when I was sitting in Arkansas this last week for four days and talking with people, I said, you guys don't see that he didn't do shit that you t- talked about? What do you mean? The wall's not his fault. They're going to come up with excuses for why what he said didn't come true. Because it's like what Hannah said. People have it in their minds what they want to believe. So mm-hmm. if it looks like it's unemployment. Well, it's not. It's not his fault. Like you know what my 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 cousin said. It's not. It's not Trump's fault that uh, these these people are unemployed. It's the Democrat the, the Democrat hoax and not wanting to sign bills. People yeah. make up whatever they I want. Know. We cannot get too safe. I mean, That's you're on Team A or Team B, and you you talk shit about the other camp. That's really where we at. All right, we're gonna wrap. We're gonna wrap things up because we've been at this for. I, I like the the wet ass pussy conversation better. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Me too. You're not supposed to talk about politics, sex. Hey, religion. we talked about sex and politics. Two things. Next time we we'll talk about religion, <laughs> yeah. and we have the trifecta. I know. So that was that was dope. That was dope. All right, let's go. Uh, let's go around and uh, share oh. our dope shit real quick. Do you guys, I, I can share mine now if you guys want to think about yours. Okay. Yeah, yeah please. Uh, I, I brought it up earlier. It's the the story bots. If you have kids. Uh, this is this is a dope. Uh, it's on Netflix as well. It's on YouTube, uh, on YouTube Junior, something Junior. Um, Nick Junior. No, it's not. It's not Nick Junior. <laughs> it's just no. But anyway, it's it's uh, it's these four robots that teach kids about all kinds of stuff, uh, shapes, colors, uh, transportation, and uh, the solar system. It, it goes. It goes pretty cool. Hey, can you have some volume on that? We were talking about hip hop earlier. They're rapping. Velociraptors, velociraptors, when we run up, who knows what?
Okay, yeah, so bars. this story bots. This is this, this seriously. This is this is really dope. So teach your kids. Uh, you can put it in front of that. Peppa Pig is, gets annoying after a while. I, I gotta admit, it's just <laughs> fucking annoying. She's really really annoying. Yes, it so, is. Story bots on YouTube. Five year old, I get it. On YouTube, on Netflix. Check it out. That's my dope shit of the week. Uh, who got next? Uh, dope shit of the week. My favorite artist right now, favorite song right now, and I got a little sneak peek of information. We got Sweetie, my favorite female rapper right now. Her song "Tap In." Okay, uh, she's dropping a "Tap In" remix with the baby and Post Malone. That is my dope shit of the week. I'm a fucking excited. I like her. I like what she's doing. Um, I've talked to her personally about what she's doing, her work. I'm into it. She's a boss female bitch right now, and that's what I'm into. Nice. All right. That's my dope shit of the week. Nice. Yeah. Do you have a video or something we, you can play or? There is a, yeah, there oh, we go. Shit. It's going crazy on TikTok. Give yeah, the volume on that. Oh, look at that sexy. How long ago did y'all shoot this music video? Uh, this song came out two months ago, I want to say. So they did it before that. And then um, have done like a, you know, it's, it's honestly gone crazy on social media right now. I'm, I love it. I love Sweetie's reposting all these women doing dances to this shit all over her Instagram. So Hell I'm just like, yeah. get it, fucking get it. You look amazing. She's, yeah, she's doing what you got to do. Nice. So, oh, big up, Kim, what do you got? Oh, me? Uh, so just going back to you, you guys know, I, or I really like movies, songs, things like that. Um, I feel like obviously this chat explained this such a polarizing time. People are seeking some refuge, some sort of like, you know, hope in different areas, two areas, uh, both, both Amazon prime. If you can get it on prime two one's a series and one's a movie. Um, I watched this with the kids in Finjin. Um, it's the, is it the best of enemies? The Best of Enemies, it's a, a movie about a, a Ku Klux Klan member. Um, it's a true story. He was the head of the Ku Klux Klan and um, a, a female activist, black female activist, and how she was able to change him and he was able to change her. And that story is just, I get chill bumps just even listening to that, um, showing how through active communication and talking can actually change people when we say they can't change. Um, so that one really got me this week. It had me moved in all the ways. I mean, you think about the head of the Ku Klux Klan deciding to integrate schools uh, when he was, you know, using the N word, every other word. Um, and they, they tell his entire story, uh, a lot, a lot of uh, real personal things about his life in there, a lot about special needs kids as well and all that. Love that. And the second pick on Amazon Prime, I know I've seen a lot of breakups with COVID, a lot of like just people not really feeling like love can happen and you can find your person and that love has to look a certain way. And uh, we watched a series that is called Modern Love on Amazon. And it shows like each uh, episode is a different form of love in a relationship uh, from mm -hmm. married couples to gay couples to single moms 
different forms of love and how that's that's portrayed and it gives you a lot of hope about humanity so those are my two dope uh, things uh, for the week. They're they're not hip hop and they're not big videos or anything. But no, 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 no. It's, it's dope. Okay. Period. Who cares? It's dope. Whatever you want. Whatever you want. That is the nice. rule. Nice. No rule. <laughs> Obi, what do you got? I mean, I don't have a specific video, but I just have some good news that on August twenty second, movie theaters like AMC are going to reopen. So we get to go back out to movie theaters soon. I'm not. I'm, <laughs> I'm staying my ass home with dude, Cody. I'm gonna. I'm, <laughs> hey, I'll sit in the front row away from everybody else. But I, I just miss movie theaters so much, and I want to. I miss Dan Floyd, and so you can reopen that. I'm gonna stay my yeah, ass home. Yeah. So soon, soon. <laughs> it's like we're slowly getting back to stuff we used to do. Is it nationwide or yeah, just nationwide Texas? for AMC theaters? Holy shit! So, I don't. And know, they man. even have a. They even have a, a ticket special saying that they're gonna. I think first week in 15 cent tickets to go see just to try to get yeah, people man. out i'm trying to get my kid back into school next month so i mean back in school start school so okay i don't think this is gonna hey we'll see we'll, we'll see, see we'll see anyway um where can people find you uh you want to plug your stuff uh hannah people want to follow yeah. you instagram twitter Facebook, uh, instagram TikTok place uh super heaven instagram uh that's where i do a lot of my work stuff music stuff artist stuff um always posting cool content new music whatever you guys need it's just at hannah h-a-n-n-a-h-t montana so hannah t montana sweet catch me on instagram sweet how about that thank you very much for coming (laughs) on the show today kim what can people find you you can just find me anywhere pretty much uh under not a basic life um, I'm basic, but my life is not. So yeah, just not a basic life. So it's facebook.com, instagram.com, uh, anything. And my website is not a basic life.com as well. Sweet. Obi, you got everything for to plug. me on again. Mm-hmm. Like you guys. Nah. Yeah. Appreciate it. <laughs> All right. No, this was dope. This is, I mean, yeah. we went from uh, hip hop to sex to, uh, politics. This is, this was great. So again, thank you everybody for tuning in. Sorry for the technical difficulties at the beginning there. We'll see if we get back on Facebook or we still on YouTube. We'll see next time. I shout out to everybody in the chat. Thank you for your comments. Thank you for your questions. Uh, we do this every week on Thursdays. Uh, make sure you follow the feedback wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, the feedback BAK. We're on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, and one last thing, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, uh, we just dropped it this morning uh, about we had uh, C.K. Chin and Matt Fisk, who's a U.S. Army vet. We talk about PTSD and the pandemic. We talk about um, uh, trusting the system and, of course, the mass debate. And then the story of uh, Lauren, H- uh, I can't pronounce his name, mm-hmm. Holler? Holler, Holler, yeah, uh, who... Uh, passed away from he lost his battle to ptsd there's a link on the feedback.com if you want to donate to his family uh for the funeral and all that stuff to so support uh the veterans uh, this was a very uh important and very powerful conversation so make sure you check that out uh that's a previous episode go to feedback.com it's all there so thank you again for listening shout out to everybody thank you guys love y'all Peace. stay safe thank you. stay healthy and we'll talk to you next time ciao ciao, ciao everyone